Hello, everyone. Um, Asia Mining here, your host for the Dope History Podcast. I hope everybody's doing well. Today, I have my very good friend with me, Taylor Russell. She's absolutely amazing. And we are doing a super fun, interesting, quirky, uh, it should be like on Ripley's Believe It or Not, um, <laughs> called The Dancing Plague of 1518. So Taylor, how are you? Hey, everyone. I'm Taylor. I'm doing well. Excited to be on here. Nice. Yeah, I know Taylor. This has been a um it's been a long, a long time coming. I started talking to Taylor about this in April. But thank you so much for being here with me today, Taylor. And yeah, I am like super duper excited. Um, this was just like a such a weird phenomenon. Like the more you know that you look into this, you're like <laughs> Yeah. Like, all, like what all was like happening back at that time you know <laughs> yeah I did want to talk some about that too just ooh, it was rough yeah. you know because um, like the first dancing plague it was actually in like the 1300s uh before the 1581 so you're in like late middle ages and you got like the bubonic plague then so yeah it was just like <laughs> plague and famine Yes, and famine, and which is, I can't wait until we like talk about the theories and like debunk them, you know, because that was kind of fun. Famine and, you know, I know weather conditions were like extreme at that point. And you have, I don't know how much you want to go ahead and deep dive into this, but also you have like the printing press being made in like the 1400s. So it's like everyone has information all of a sudden, you're discovering America. So you just have so much information that you didn't know existed. <laughs> Right. Yes. Right. Um, like at you all of a sudden. In addition to surviving all these famines, you know, you have religious um, upheavals with like the whole Protestant Reformation. There's just so much happening, so much education happening. Yes. Yeah. Everything having to like information having a very long travel time, you know, and everybody's in their own world. So yeah, like everyday life just probably felt like what's going to happen next? <laughs> like I'm not too sure no. what's, what's coming down the pipeline. Thing that like it's so part of it is kind of like you have to wonder like well well that's what I think is so interesting about it I think there's several different reasons why if you're gonna go also I feel like I should say the dancing plague happened like we have some factual accounts of that however these are just theories and conjecture right um but I do think it's fascinating the several reasons why you'd be motivated to do such and I think it's not across the board. I think there's several different reasons why one would do it, which is why it's also fascinating because it's just a mystery. And I think the reason it is a mystery is because it could be individualized, even though it was mass. In in July, right? So that's just the heat of dead heat, July. July 1518. 15, 1518. A woman named Frau Trophia stepped into the street and she just began dancing. And for the most part, just kept going and I'm, I'm pretty sure that like you know as people saw her they probably like oh you know she's just I don't know having a good time some say that she just kept going and it was relentless other you know sources that I checked said she like I think was able to stop but like for like a night or something like that or she rested and then got up and then continued and you know did not stop regardless uh it was very frenzied you know it wasn't like normal it was very frenzied it was very hurried you know, after a minute I think people just realized okay this woman is not in control of her limbs she just continued on for days so Taylor so this is so I'm curious 
about like what your opinion is because they say that people joined so like people started joining which i kind of see but then these other people immediately became afflicted so i'm just curious as to why yes and who knows so like i do want to do maybe like going into her why she may have started you have all this upheaval and then also like we don't know anything about this woman and to be honest women did not have a lot of rights back in the day right. so it's like we don't know her financial standing we don't know if she's like widowed is she married does she have kids like what is going on in this woman's life specifically right. to make her go out and do this and you know there's several factors that could have been happening like did she have anywhere to go we don't have that information but i just and again this was in strasbourg it was holy roman empire at the time which is now france <clears throat> you just have to think like what all is going on in this girl's life i there's so many factors that could go like say her husband just died say she had a child died we don't have any of that information because like i just Obviously it meant stress must have happened, but there must have been something super traumatic in this woman's life that she was like, you know, the definition of mass hysteria is like uh, choreomania is that you can lose control of your limbs. Like you can become afflicted and a perfectly healthy person can do this. You can be at your peak physical condition and you just, just go. It's like trying to do all the digging that I can. I genuinely wish that you know, we had something or some type of insight at all as to what life looked like for this woman. But the people though, like if you want to put it under the umbrella of stress, but mundane life is so miserable. You know, I just want to do something spontaneous. Well, there's so many other factors too. Like, you know, like at a certain point it's like, is it conformity? Like you see someone doing something, you're like, do I have that too? And you start, you know, thinking you might, like even when COVID first started, you know, it's like you could walk into a grocery store and be like, oh my gosh, like I coughed, I might have COVID. Like there's just, you know, all of those factors. It's kind of like, I always tell people, it's kind of like as a woman, at least when you first learned about pregnancy and sex education and stuff, you could have never had sex. Like you could have never had sex in your life and you will think you're pregnant. <laughs> I have experienced that. It's just like, oh my God, am I pregnant? And it's like, no, there is absolutely no way that you could be physically like pregnant, but yeah. It's but a fear. It is. It, it's a fear. And that, and that's that's how fear works. You do have all this information immediately at your fingertips, but you don't know what to do with it. It, it just, <laughs> just it's lands. It's so stressful. It's like you, you've been living this way of life for so long. And then you realize, but in the 15, 18 one, at least, there's just so much information being processed, like so much happening. Very similar to COVID. Everybody's way of life was immediately and drastically changed. And we had no real understanding of it. I feel like that trauma kind of happens to this day where like you're out in a public space and you know, people sneeze or cough now. You're like, you know, there's a part of you, especially when you're in big crowds. I know several people that still won't go into big crowds. So, but I, I and maybe this is where, so maybe this is where we jump into the theories. Mm -hmm. the, the recorded theories, like there were some people who thought like maybe it was a religious cult you know, which was disproved because this was multiple locations over several hundreds of years. Right. And then also there was one that thought it was some kind of fungus that grew in rye. The only way for that fungus to grow, it had to be a wet season. And there are multiple times, again, like the one we we're talking about where it's happening in summer, there's no wet season. There's no way for this rye to grow this fungus at that point in time. But then in addition to that, like you said, it, it wasn't a wet season, even if it was. And even that fungus only still 
pretty much for the most part attacked like your motor function. So it didn't, shouldn't be able to dance. Did you read? Okay. So in my research, I did find, which I thought this was so, this was such a progressive tactic. Okay. Like I was very impressed with 1518 local government, but they brought in like musicians and professional dancers and even had like certain areas where they could dance. They're like, okay, like, cause it's very much along the lines of like, you should work through this from a mental health perspective, at least, you know, like every emotion's valid and everything. So they're like, oh, we're just, you know, helping you along with this. We'll give you resources to do it, get it out of your system. It made everything worse, but I'm just so blown away. Here's the thing too, Taylor, like in, in regards to the 1518 one, you're, you're like, I feel like everybody in that, in that scenario is sort of connected to everybody, right? In the same amount of stressors, you know, everybody is being sort of affected by these things that they can't control. Again, you know, famine and the sicknesses that already were happening at that time. Um, yeah, you did have syphilis going around at that point in time and smallpox. Exactly, especially if you are a leader over it, there is this sort of need to like, well, how can I break this up? How can I get the energy, you know, moving again? And so I agree. I I, I love that they had great intentions of, yeah, we're going to bring in these performers and these musicians and we're going to dance the summer away. And it sounds lovely, but what act what spread between these bodies, right? Mm -hmm. Is it fear spreading? Is it the fact that maybe they thought this would help them. Like maybe clearly they keep doing it. So it must be alleviating something. They're getting something from dancing. You know, is it a form of escapism though? Like, are they just neglecting all responsibilities while doing it and you're so exhausted, you can't think about anything else? Cause partially I do think that's part of what it is. Not labeling it as like an addiction maybe, but like close to it of just like, you're not focused on anything else. And this is something that's talked about today all the time. It's like the, what stress actually does to the body. And I think that's kind of like a fascinating subject of how it does actually break down the body and what it looks like. I'm just trying to exasperate this energy out of me. Yeah. And I also think it's interesting because what I haven't, couldn't find my research either. I'm like, are these people eating or drinking during it? Because also if they're not eating and they're doing this constantly, that becomes an addiction. Right. Cause I do know like in eating disorders, like at a certain point when you're not eating, your body starts eating its own fat and you do get like ketones from that. And so it's like, you kind of become like a state of numb. Obviously it's just pure exhaustion too. They might not even feel the pain. You know, if you're that exhausted and your body is just using its own resources like that, like they might not feel all the pressure. That and any type of lewdness, you know, or any establishment that was considered as lewd, you know, they immediately had to get rid of those people. Anybody that was seen as a bad character, just, you know, it was like, oh no, you know, you're the issue, you know, religious sort yes, of. Yes, I would say that's definitely when they brought religion into it. Yeah, yeah. And many of them thought they were cursed which is a, a different form of mass hysteria. It's like you have everyone who is dancing, who's obviously feeling a ton of stress. And then you have everyone who's like a different form of mass hysteria trying to process everyone else. So it becomes like almost like a witch hunt again. Tell me Taylor, if this guy came across in your research, he suggested that something called laughing veins. Oh, I did. I did see that one briefly. Yeah. <laughs> could provoke a ticklish feeling that rose from their limbs to their head. 
Um, Gosh, it's just me. That's just people grasping at straws, not wanting to admit the society that they're living in. That they, you know, because it was later in reflection. I for, I wrote his name down. Exactly. Where he was like, it was obviously stress. It was John John Waller. Yes. Later in life, past yes. past this, but as far as you know, at the time, I literally think people are just like, we don't want to acknowledge the stress that we're under. Like we don't we don't want to. We'll find any other reason that we can and just go with it. Although he was held in his heyday as like the go-to guy. This is gonna crack you up. I don't know, it might trigger you, so just get ready. But he also, so he blamed the woman that kind of, that first- Of course, blamed the hysterical woman. Yes. Quote unquote hysterical. I don't believe she was hysterical. Got so angry and didn't want to do it that she just went out dancing in the street. Well, ugh, gosh, I mean, I relate to that 100%. It's like, he probably told her to do a thousand things. You know, like she was, she was, she was doing so much. We, I don't know what it was like to live in that point in time, but I can only imagine, you know, just knowing like, you know, 1950s housewives, like they were miserable. I can only imagine that memory or that misery was times like a thousand in the yes. 1500s. Yes. Yeah. With no, like, all I, the societal pressures. And then also like, as ridiculous and as as mad as that sounds, like let's say that was the case where he asked her to do something and she was like, this is my final breaking point. It's valid, it's like, I feel you. It's and I think no matter what, the umbrella that all of this falls under and rightfully so is stress. You just have more resources, kind of. Okay, let's jump into mass hysteria, cause that is. Yeah, cause again, it's like, you know, mass psychogenic. Yeah, mass psychogenic. They feel like may have, they, they have been, may have been exposed to something dangerous. So like, again, it may have just started with paranoia of a lot of things. Like maybe we can put aside the husband thing. Maybe she's just legit paranoid about maybe be exposing to rye, like maybe, or like, you know, some fungus in the rye or being exposed to like syphilis or smallpox, you know, like maybe, maybe she thought she was exposed to one of these. Okay. And it can start with an environmental trigger and she may have actually had an illness. That's another thing that goes into mass hysteria. The first person may have actually, you know, had a twitching, a muscle spasm. Like maybe that's how it started with her, but then other people may feel like they also have the trigger, even though they don't, like we were saying with COVID, it's like somebody can have COVID that you know, or that you, you know, knew. And um, all of a sudden, like you think you have symptoms, even though you don't, it's kind of the same thing. And, well, and the big thing that you touched on that mass hysteria does is, in, in essence, it's something that is afflicting or kind of affecting these people all at one time. Yeah. And then choreomania, in addition, you know, which they have theorized is a part of mass hysteria, uh, is defined by like, you know, bodily disorder of jerk, ticks, and other purposeless movements. So like none of these movements have a goal in mind. They are just flailing if you're just so focused on your movements and like trying to get through the day and then you have people around you, like you, you forget everything. Yes. Yeah. And then also a, a interesting thing too, Taylor, about mass hysteria is like, or something that I feel like could lead to mass hysteria. It's like, there's a lot of social pressure too. And that's what I'm immediately thinking about how, how do I conform or how do I not want to conform to this space? What judgments are befalling me? The thing that I find interesting about conformity is like, Sometimes you don't really want to conform. You just want to fly under the radar because nobody likes to be the odd one out. And one of the biggest questions I have about choreomania is 
what if you were someone who engaged in this behavior and then stops? Like, I didn't find any research on that at all. Like, I can, I just, I want to know, like, what they thought, like, healed them or, like, what moment of clarity they reached to stop? Like, I need to know that transitional phase. Literally, they were just like, oh, it just ended in September. <laughs> That's like, all they said. And I guess, like, the local, well, it's just so weird to me because they did, you know, impose all those restrictions you would think they would be interviewing them and they, it would be documented or something if they were that paranoid. I'm exactly. just, there's nothing on what made them stop. <laughs> nothing. Right. There's so many theories about what caused it, what started. There are zero. But why wouldn't you want to know? Like, because it's just so hard to believe that that's not, nobody was curious or, or nobody thought to document it. But then here's the thing mm -hmm. also, and I know I'm jumping around a bit, but who knows? Maybe something else popped up and they were just like, all right, that's done. Now it's... <laughs> but like, it was a stressful time. So I'm going to be like, oh, that's over. On to the next famine, you know? It's, On to the next it's like in Hercules where they're talking about the plague and the lo locusts. And some strange something had to come out of that time because... Absolutely, we had the toilet paper crisis, which I do want to talk about because I do think that is a modern example of mass hysteria because no one, no one told anyone to go out and get toilet paper. It's like you went to the store one day, there was toilet paper. You went the next day, there was none. none. And then yes, the media covered it, but they're not the ones who caused it. Exactly. <laughs> they are not because I remember vividly going to Target and being like, that's weird. There's no toilet paper. And I was confused. And I think several people felt this confusion of just why is there no toilet paper? So yeah. Yeah. And then crazy. Like, I think it's so like sad that they had to treat us like kindergartners. Like you get two max of two. Like they had to treat us like we were five years old. Yes, literally. Yeah. <laughs> this is not the store's fault. This is not you know, the government's fault and all, just the toilet paper. I'm just talking about toilet paper. Yeah. We, as human beings, were treated like five-year-olds because we could not control ourselves with toilet paper. It is probably the most embarrassing thing that has ever happened. Yeah, I knew yeah. people who used coffee filters. Like, there was a whole list on the internet of things that you could use other than toilet paper. Yes. Yeah. And then like <laughs> toilet paper. And then like, it was just like all paper products. Then it was like paper towels. And, and like that continued for like quite some yeah, time. That did. <laughs> Wild. Wow. But then, yeah, but then also, um, but then also Taylor, I want to say another thing that I found uh, um, interesting too, is like when you, so like in the case of kind of the dancing plays, that did sort of pop up and happen. It's like, you have no, maybe let's take the plague part off. <laughs> let's say literally that happened today where people were just out. I don't think people would take it seriously. I think people would just be like, oh, you know, it'd be part of, I think it would get roped under some part of art, you know, extensionist movements. Well, you know? I think it would be tied to social media and I would love to know how like social media would play into that, you know? Yes. Yeah, they would that's... either accept it or deny it. Like, I think social media would determine the growth of it. Cool. If you're a part mm -hmm. of this, are you not? Like, do you get certain points for doing it in different places? You know, because I think that would be a kind of a common thing of like, where all could you dance? And then like, what places would be restricted? Like you were saying, would you be put into a tent? 
you have no control whatsoever over, you know, your limbs or your functions where truly all the remaining research of this is because it's so funny. Everybody (laughs) came up with their own explanation, but then, right. Then you're wondering Taylor, like how, so how does this thing travel? Right. That's the burning question in regards. Many people have labeled it as, you know, um, tremendous stress resulting in mass hysteria because the key word in mass hysteria is energy. Like you are just feeding off others' energy. But the H.G. Wells is interesting too because I was researching it to discuss it in, res- um, in relation to mass hysteria. Then I also found research that said like maybe it wasn't mass hysteria. Maybe it, um, <laughs> I found this very interesting theory that was, I think it was on NPR, but they said that newspapers really wanted to reduce the legitimacy of radio. And so that they made publications that made it seem more hysterical than it was. Oh, that is interesting. Right. But again, it's, it's like, (laughs) they're still playing with fear. Like they want people to not trust radio. The whole idea of the other was like something that really started to yeah well i was like another example i found of collective hysteria it was labeled collective hysteria was on um, the tulip mania did you research that one no i didn't oh my gosh it is it is literally like animal crossing it oh. is animal crossing in real life and i was just very like zoned in on that because it's all about tulip bulbs people oh. just you know, it's like the tulip paper thing, but yeah. everyone was going after the tulip bulbs. There's um, some controversy about it actually having fallout, you know, because it really didn't have economic impact. It, It's just, you know, it was a craze. But that plays into back to what we also know, like mass hysteria, environmental triggers, right? Like, and mm-hmm. how, in, yeah, definitely in how environmental triggers kind of operate and connect in terms of worried about the planet. I was like, which we're not scared enough. <laughs> like, <laughs> we, we are. We should be in a state of hysteria and we're not. But again, right. And I feel like it's like this thing of like, it's so, it's so overwhelming, you know, of, of making sense of it. And then other And not to mention that everything is just like, as far as our pollution and like plastic and trash, like it's, it's just piling. It is piling trash pileups, you know, landfills, not to mention we keep building on these like areas of land that keeps pushing, you know, these animals out. So it all starts with a, a thought mm-hmm. and that's just wild to me. Yeah. It all starts with just a thought, a fear, and then you're locked into this way. You know, also like that's like, God forbid, like how stampedes happen, you know what I mean? Like somebody charges on something and now all of a sudden like these group of people are just running. Which I think, you know, tying back to choreomania, that may have played a factor as well. Exactly. Yes. Right. Yeah. It's like, what part of this are you? I know because you have to think it's like, so the people that weren't joining in on this, you know, the people that were on the other side of it, like, I'm curious, like, I'm like, did they, what was the, (laughs) what was the conversation? Like, it just was no real. This is again why I have so many questions about how they were accepted back into society after doing that. <laughs> the research, right? That was. I know. I'm so glad we got to speak about it. Was this at all what you were imagining when I first talked about it to you? No, not. I I was not prepared for yeah. 
<laughs> the actual operations like and, and how it happened but very well time now this i hope you enjoyed it as well i did i did honestly i want to do it again yeah i definitely i definitely want to do one on how society enables con men yeah yeah we we have to do thank you so much my friend <laughs> I was like, i'll see you next time all right see you next time